Nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I'm 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. From the D Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Go. All right, how's everybody doing out there today? It is Thursday. January 11th, 2024. 24. <sighs> How's everybody doing out there today? I am doing fine. Thanks for asking. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. A couple of things real quick before we get into the show. I got a, a bevy of topics to talk about, so not sure how we'll label this, but it's going to be a current, current events show. So uh, just stay tuned for all of that. Got a bunch of different stuff to cover in a short amount of time to do it so anyway guys favors that's what i do i ask favors return nothing oh please guys whatever podcast app you're listening to this on if you could please number one make sure you're following the show number two make sure you're sharing the show if you're listening to us on apple or spotify if you could give the show a review that'd be great preferably a five star if you feel i've earned it doesn't take but a minute it helps me out immensely. And if you want to help me out monetarily, you can go to the D-Stom uh, store. The link is at the bottom of the page and uh, the app, I should say, and what you're listening to this on. Check that out. I got a bunch of different t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, underwear, G-strings, T-backs, uh, license plate frames, whiskey glasses. I got all sorts of shit on there. Got teddy bears for the kids. Uh, check it out. Uh, free shipping anywhere in the United States. Outside of the United States, you can get 10% off. Just use promo code DTOM in the promo box. And if you are on social media, you can follow the show at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker. The Ticker Talker is mainly for drink videos. I just got done doing the 12 drinks of Christmas, so I haven't posted anything new. So if you are subscribed, you're up to date. 
I'll probably do one next week, maybe this weekend. Wife's got to work all weekend, so surely I'll get bored and have a drink. So, and uh, also on the Twitter X machine at dtom underscore seventeen seventy five. And if you're not on social media, that's fine. You can check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com. From any of those situations, you can follow the show. You can subscribe. You can send me messages or questions. For example, uh, there's a listener from Spain. The gentleman's name is Eric. He sent me some stuff this afternoon while I was getting stuff together. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. So, just to let you know that when you send me stuff, if it's something I feel that everyone needs to hear, even if it's not from this country, I'm going to talk about it. So, let's get going. So, first of all, I'm, I really want to delve into the Pat McAfee and ESPN situation. And the reason that is, is because I don't know anything about, no, I actually enjoy watching Pat McAfee's show. Um, and if you guys are aware of this, if not, here we go. So last week there was a little bit of controversy on the show, um, where he, Pat McAfee had been bad mouthing one of the execs at ESPN, but it really all started with Aaron Rodgers. Now he weekly would have Aaron Rodgers on and Aaron Rodgers is who he is. And, uh, this was just about the time prior to the, the, uh, Epstein list or what we thought was going to be a list had come out. And, uh, Rogers said something to the effect of, well, there's some people that don't want to see that list. And, uh, Jimmy Kimmel really doesn't want to see that list or something, something like that. But nonetheless, insinuating that Jimmy Kimmel may be on that list or may know someone that's on that list or whatever. So let's get into the story Then I'm going to give you my my two cents on the whole situation. Okay, so ESPN's Pat McAfee publicly attacks network executive amid Aaron Rodgers' controversy. So ESPN Pat McAfee problem is getting more complicated. This is from NBC News. On Friday, the host and former NFL punter publicly attacked long-term executive ESPN executive uh, Norby Williamson, accusing him of actively trying to sabotage him by leaking information to reporters. The New, York po- the New York Post reported on McAfee's relation, uh, relatively low ratings Thursday, nodding since the inception of McAfee's show on ESPN in the fall. Stephen A. Smith and First Take are handing McAfee a uh, 583,000 viewer lead-in, and McAfee is maintaining just 302, which is a 48% drop. McAfee implied Williamson may have leaked the idea for the story to the New York Post reporter Andrew Marchand. Marchand declined to comment. I believe Norby Williams is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program, McAfee said. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information, and then somehow that information gets leaked, and it's wrong. McAfee didn't specifically say what information was wrong, over the years, ESPN talent has speculated that Williamson has leaked private details, including contract information. According to people familiar with the matter, on Friday, former ESPN journalist Jamel Hill posted on social media uh, X, I can relate with regard to McAfee's comments about Williamson. There's no evidence Williamson blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, essentially... 
Pat, Pat McAfee, one of their main stars, new. He's he's relatively new to the network, and considering. Uh, I think he started with them back in 19, doing uh, Thursday Night Football. And then last year, it was either last year or year before, he was on College Game Day. Then he's always, I shouldn't always, but for the last however many years, I think since 2017, he's had a podcast or a YouTube podcast or whatever. And that that podcast has grown in popularity, which is why he's able to be who he is now. Okay, now he was a punter for the Colts for however many years. He was a boisterous point, uh, personality, so that helps. Uh, he was on, you know, wrestling. Uh, he's 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 been around. Now, essentially. What ESPN does is from 12 to 2, they air his YouTube show. So he has a show that's on YouTube. And I think the YouTube show is actually longer than 12 to 2. I think it might be 12 to 3. I'm not sure exactly. But nonetheless, they air it from 12 to 2. And he got paid a considerable amount for that. $85 million to be exact. And so much like a lot of us that work for a living, wherever that is, whether you're on TV or you're doing a full-time job with a part-time podcast, you know, we might bitch about our bosses in some form or fashion, whether it's your immediate supervisor or up the chain, right? That's just what we do as Americans. That's how it is. And uh, obviously, <clears throat> obviously him doing it on a public forum, uh, boss is sure to hear about it, right? But I think that's just one aspect of the situation. And you had the the second part where on, I think it was Thursday last week, where Rogers was on, like I said, and talked about the list, Epstein's list, and and uh, if uh, Kimmel would be upset if that got released, and da da didn't, da didn't really say that he was going to be <laughs> on the list. Didn't um, didn't say he wasn't. Just said he would be upset. And then Kimmel had a cow saying, "Oh, you're you know threatening the lives of my family, and you're I'm gonna sue you." And da 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 da. Okay. Um. Here's the thing. So ABC is ABC. ESPN is ESPN. They're not two separate entities. They coexist. They are owned by Disney. So. It, essentially, the way it works is this: you have Jimmy Kimmel, which is probably is their is their crown jewel of the of the network. Now, mind you, I don't watch him. I don't really watch much TV at all, anyway. So I couldn't tell you one TV show, and I'm not lying when I tell you this, with the exception of Jimmy Kimmel's show. And I don't even know when that comes on. It's either 11 or 11:30. Couldn't tell you. But um, with the exception of that show. I couldn't tell you one show that comes on ABC. Couldn't tell you. Don't care. Whatever. Nothing against ABC, but I don't watch TV at night. I'm, I'm usually in bed by 5, 6 o'clock. So. Um, but with that being said, Jimmy Kimmel's probably their most consistent, usually your late night host, on no matter what the network is, is your crown jewel of the network. Okay. So you think back in the day, like Carson or Leno or Letterman or, you know, those types of things, it's similar. So like you have Kimmel or you have Fallon or you have Seth Green and you have Colbert and, you know, I don't know all the networks, but you know what I'm talking about. 
And that's how, you know, traditionally people ended their day by watching late night TV after the news. You watched whoever. And so when you have a, I don't want to call Pat McAfee an underling, but in grand scheme of things of the hierarchy of ABC, ESPN television, yeah. I mean, he's not even, Pat McAfee is not even the highest rated personality on ESPN. Not to say, I'm not that I'm talking any garbage about his show. I personally like it, but I will say this. It's not for everyone. Kind of like this show isn't for everything. He says stuff that people might not like. Like I say stuff people might not like. Cool, whatever. Um, Stephen A. Smith is a more, you know, kind of matter of fact. Uh, McAfee, you could tell which way he leans. Or you would think so. But when all this happened, I would be willing to bet that Kimmel went crying to somebody at ABC and said, this isn't fair, he's talking about me in the list. And da, 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 da. And then on top of that, which Pat McAfee didn't directly have anything to do with that. That was a guest on his show that said something. But then when the next day you, Pat McAfee, go out and say whatever about the boss man, on top of <clears throat> Kimmel probably crying like a little bitch about what Aaron Rodgers says, you put all that together, and it's going to cause, you know, you getting called into the office, so to speak. But then, I think this was on, um, I think this was on Monday. This was Pat McAfee. Um, well, what's today? Today's Thursday, so this might have been, I don't know, it's Monday or Tuesday. He, he says it, but I'm going to play this clip from his show, and then I'm going to talk about it on the backside. What we do know is the guy that stopped by yesterday caused quite a conversation. A little yes, bit, yeah. A little bit. Now. This was Friday. Evil. Not like that. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Aaron Rodgers Tuesday season four is uh, done. Yeah. Oh, Good season. There's going to be a lot of people that are happy with that. Myself included, to be honest. With the way <laughs> it ended, it got real loud. Mm -hmm. And uh, real loud. I'm happy that that is not going to be my mentions going forward, mm -hmm. which is great news. We're a conversation show. People are having conversations. We live in a country that has freedom of speech, but also you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your freedom of speech. So what I'm saying is we've given a lot of people who have been waiting for us to fail a lot of ammo and things to attack us for over the last week, and we would love to get back to the point where we just move on and continue to silence all the haters over here who can't negotiate as good as I can, all the people over here who can't create a show as good as us, and all the people up here who just can always be here, and they're going to hustle and do their thing, which I respect, but we need to do that, and that is our focus, that is our goal, and Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. He's a four-time MVP. He's a massive piece of the NFL story. Whenever you go back and tell it, he will be a huge part of it. We are very lucky to get a chance to chat with him and learn from him. Some of his thoughts and opinions, though, do piss off a lot of people. A lot of people. And uh, I'm pumped that that is no longer going to be every single Wednesday of my life, uh, which it has been for the last few weeks. On Friday, obviously, I threw us into the fire as well. Forever stand by that. Everything else, though, like, just can't do that and not what we want to be known for. And I'm also pumped that I have to do these types of talks sure. anymore. So with that being said, sports all... All right, so here's my problem with what that happened. That was yesterday, actually, so I see the date in his uh, caption there. So it was yesterday. Here's where I have a problem with what he said. Now, Don, I thought you said you watched Pat McAfee. Okay, cool. I was at the gym yesterday, so I saw it on TV. I didn't hear what was going on nonetheless. Anyway, shut up. 
here's what I have a problem with. Now, by all accounts, if you watch the Pat McAfee show, and if you ever see the segments with Aaron Rodgers on there, they give, now, I don't know that this is factual, so mind you, when I say this, whatever, but they give the illusion that they are friends. Like, last week, when he was on, Aaron Rodgers was sitting in his wine cellar, or a wine cellar, I assume it was his. Behind Aaron Rodgers, he had a $500 bottle of scotch that presumably, according to how it was, the story was told, Pat McAfee gave him. Here's a bottle of scotch. It's a very good scotch. It's a very expensive scotch. It's not a scotch that you're going to pop open on a regular basis. It's a special occasion type drink. Okay? If you know anything about scotch or bourbon or whiskey or whatever, it's one of those types of things. It's like a pappy. Or, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? A grand, man, grand manure or whatever it's called. You know what I'm saying? A Louis V. It's one of those types of drinks. You don't just pop bottles to have a drink. And Aaron Rodgers alluded, that was with the List show, to uh, popping that bottle when the List was released. So, you don't just give random people uh, bottles of scotch that cost hundreds of dollars, especially when the person you're giving it to could easily afford that bottle of scotch himself. You would do that for a friend if you had that kind of money, but you just don't do that to do that. So... For him to say, I'm, you know, I'm glad this is over, blah, 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 it's kind of like you're dissing on your boy, you know? Now, another thing is the, the, the quote, I'll say, where we, we have freedom of speech, but you have to live by the consequences of that. Now, tell me, I tried to find it, for life may I couldn't, but I know I've heard someone say that before, whether it was Biden, Kamala, or someone along those lines had that phrase to say that, yeah, we do have freedom of speech, but there's there can be consequences to your speech. And where, what I don't like is, and, and no disrespect to Pat McAfee, because by all accounts, mind you, he was a football player. Now, uh, not all football players are stars, uh, especially punters no offense to anybody that's a punter or played any position in NFL you made it a lot farther than I did my point being is this generally speaking okay for example Pat McAfee has Aaron Rodgers on his show he doesn't have uh you know I, I can't even name a punter right <laughs> he doesn't have Bob Johnson the punter on his show every week or you know Billy Nichols the the uh, place kicker right he has Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sure he has Aaron Rodgers on the show because Aaron Rodgers is who he is. He has a different take on situations. He doesn't give a fuck what he says, and he hates the jab, and he's anti-COVID. He calls Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. You know, he gives no fucks, and I'm cool with that. I, I'm not a Packer, or I guess he's not with the Packers anymore, but I'm not a Packers or Jets or whatever fan, but I respect the shit out of what Aaron Rodgers says and does, and he stands seems to stand by it unlike Pat McAfee. Now, Pat McAfee was not a star in the NFL. I mean, he was a good punter. I think when I was looking up his Wikipedia, owns an NFL record for the highest average punts. Cool. I'm not dissing your accolades, right? You played however many years in the NFL, 
But what I'm going to give you props on is the way you built yourself up from that. From just being a punter to being who you are. Most most NFL players that make it to TV, whatever whatever company, generally, especially where they have a talk show or they're a featured player, like say so for example, Pat McAfee. Um, has his own show on ESPN. He's on College Game Day. A lot of your other personalities <laughs> brought something uh, professionally to the table outside of being on TV. For example, on College Game Day, you have uh, the one guy that talks. You know, no, <laughs> freaking uh, God dang, I can't even think of his fucking name. Uh, shit. So there's Reese. Um, Kurt Kerbstreet, which he was average at best quarterback for Ohio State. And, God, dog, I want to say Charles, and I know that's not his name. Uh, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The black guy. Fuck it, I'll say it. I just, for the life of me, no disrespect. I cannot fucking think of his name, and it's driving me crazy. And I'm going to probably have to look it up here because it's killing me right now. Um, college game day. So, let's see. Do 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 uh Desmond Howard. Okay. Desmond Howard. <laughs> Desmond Howard. Who was he? Okay, well, Heisman Trophy winner for Michigan. Uh Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl ring. You know, he he's got some accolades to him. Okay. Um point being is this Pat McAfee took his average at best NFL career and built himself into a media sensation via podcasting or YouTube. Not many people can do that. Um, something that I wish I had the a tenth of his popularity. You know what I'm saying? And for him to be the person he is on his podcast and say the things he says, to bow down like this, oh, but Don, you don't understand. That's He, he got paid $85 million. No, you see, it's not like he's working for ESPN, ESPN paid him $85 million to license his show on their network. It's still his show. Prior to this, he signed on with Barstool for, or no, 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 I'm sorry. He signed a contract with uh, one of the gambling websites. I don't remember which one offhand. I remember reading it for $115 million. Dude's doing fine. Okay. So there has to be something more to this either he was promised something or something i don't know but i i i think if that if aaron Rodgers was is or was your friend you shouldn't just dismiss what he said because jimmy kimmel guaranteed this is all about kimmel and like i said when you have your late night show host crying if it was uh, uh, Fallon on NBC and one of the sports people on NBC was talking shit about Fallon, it'd probably be the same thing. Look what happened to Al Michaels when he talked shit about uh, Taylor Swift. It was, I think it was a Thursday night game. Uh, Chiefs were playing whoever, and he made the comment, well, we're not going to be paying into Taylor Swift every night, so we're going to pay attention to football or something to that effect. And the dude got kicked off of being able to be in, be at the Super Bowl. That's how these things work. 
when you piss off the the big crybaby, the actual talent suffers. And I'm just disappointed that that he couldn't say, no, fuck that shit. I'm standing by what I said, and I'm standing by what he said. He didn't say anything that was wrong because he didn't say anything that was right. Anyway, so on to the next story. So, tunnels, right? So, we you've probably heard about these tunnels they found the other day under New York. So, at first, these these tunnels were were built or dug whatever under a synagogue in New York in uh, Brooklyn under a Jewish area. And when the first when the story first broke and you saw the situation, you saw the video of what the the police were doing and whatever. And the people were fighting back. The first impression was that these they were blamed. They blamed the tunnels on the COVID lockdowns, insinuating that well, the reason these tunnels were there is because the city and the state locked you know locked everything down. You couldn't worship. You couldn't do whatever. And they built these tunnels so they could go back and forth and be able to worship and you know where no one would see them and no one would get arrested. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people bought that. But as you really dig into the story, you know, you want to find out, you know, what's inside the mysterious 50 foot long tunnel beneath the Brooklyn synagogue that essentially sparked a riot. Now, when when you get the, the impression that these tunnels were built because of uh, COVID and people wanting to pray and whatever, you would assume that it was done by the the elders of the church. Well, in actuality, the video reveals that inside the bizarre tunnel built by a group of young Hasidic Jewish men underneath the historic Brooklyn synagogue. So these were built by the younger kids, you know, men, whatever. Um, so as you go down the, the footage posted on Crown Heights Info Instagram, leads viewers down a stairs to a hallway to a dirt-filled room where roughly two foot by two foot grate has been removed from the wall of the building, which is adjacent to the Shabbat Lubavitch uh, World Headquarters in Crown Heights. The videographer then crawls through the hole, which is leads to a three-foot-high dirt tunnel that reportedly extends about 50 feet and around two corners to the headquarters, uh, located of the shuttered men's ritual bath. So, um, you know, there's pictures on here. The alleged rogue members of the movement advanced by the late rabbi, uh, Menkem Mendel Shoshoshin, <laughs> said, uh, reportedly been digging the tunnel for under the 100-year-old synagogue for nearly a year. So, this is 2024, so let's say 2022, late 22, early 23. Um, COVID was over, so you can't use that excuse anymore. So the tunnel apparently was, was designed to reach the abandoned men's mikvah, or ritual bath, around the corner to expand the synagogue, according to the Jewish outlet Ford. The underground pathway was not discovered until last month when neighbors reported suspicious noises coming from beneath their homes. Now, initially when this story broke, like I said, 
we were under the impression that the police raided the place and they were like throwing all these people around and doing all this stuff and you saw the video but in actuality it was the it was the elders of the church and in this neighborhood now where this is it's not like you're if you if you don't know you don't know but let's say you live in a neighborhood and there's a church like for for example where i live we i live in a neighborhood of i don't know there's maybe 50 homes 60 homes whatever at the end of my street there's a church so most a lot of neighborhoods in the country are like this this is obviously in new york city this is a a block uh and this is in their you know not for lack of a better term it's in their neighborhood okay so they ran these tunnels from the synagogue under houses or apartments to um an older synagogue that wasn't being used where this mikvah was so they're insinuating that oh we just wanted to do the ritual bath but by all accounts there's there's one in the new or the newer synagogue and now all this is coming up with the with the uh you've seen the pictures of the mattresses with blood and what's going on or i'm sorry i shouldn't call blood but the dark stains which some are referring to it as being blood now was was there something else going on there i'm not saying that there was i'm just asking a question was there sacrifices was there raping was there i mean i don't know now i can say this these are younger men younger you know i I don't want to say boys because surely once they had their uh was it bar the you know the birthday when they turn like 15 or 16 whatever it is um bar mitzvah right um but let's say these are 17 18 20 year old kids um when i was a kid um you know you used to build forts and hang out with your buddies and you know whatever right is this is it is it that innocent is it something like that is it it could it be that innocent or could there be something sinister going on well it has to be something going on here because it has led to nine arrests. Um, nine members of the New York Hasidic Jewish community have been arrested and charged with over a secret tunnel that connected a historic synagogue. They fought police after the city officials and leaders of Chabad Lufbuk headquarters came to close the tunnel. So you had the... Um, the leaders of the church, essentially, asked the city officials, the city, the you know, and the police, whatever, to seal off these tunnels. So it wasn't like the city said, we're doing this, fuck y'all. It wasn't like that. The church leaders, the elders, whatever you want to call them, are the ones that requested this to be done. So you almost have to wonder... If there was just an innocent, oh, it's boys being boys, they got a tunnel, they're down there just talking about bullshit whatever they would they really bother with it now it's being guided under the uh oh well it could be structurally damaging to the the buildings above it okay maybe but the church elders turned these kids in turned this situation in if if it was a structural structure structure thing and in the uh city you know, the building inspectors were like, hey, these these buildings are sagging. What's going on? Oh, shit, there's tunnels, you know. Okay, I get it. 
but the church elders turned these kids in for doing this, there had to be something going on there. Now, the men are being charged with criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, and obstructing government administration. So the obstruction part was obviously them fighting the city officials and the police and keeping trying to keep them from dumping cement down the tunnels and sealing off the tunnels. The question is, what is the reckless endangerment? What is the criminal mischief? That's the question. Now, there was, like I said, there was mattresses with, with stains. We'll call it stains, dark stains. Now, all these mattresses were ta- are, have been taken to be uh, processed, essentially, to see what those stains are. Is it shit? Is it blood? Is it something else? And if it is blood, whose blood is it? So, obviously, there's going to be a lot more to this story um, that you probably will never hear. You know, you, you heard probably what you heard. You're going to hear from me, and you probably heard it from other podcasts, and you know, essentially, <laughs> that's going to be it. I'm sorry to say, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be much of a no story. Because even if they find on those mattresses that there was ritual baby killings, I'm not saying there was, but let's say they find that, you'll never hear about it. Why? Hasidic Jews, right? Anyway. So, did you guys happen to catch the shit show on Capitol Hill yesterday, better known as Hunter Biden? So, uh, Hunter Biden yesterday just decided to uh, show up on Capitol Hill. Well, Don, he was subpoenaed. He was subpoenaed like, what, two or three weeks ago. It was before Christmas, wasn't it? So, uh, Hunter Biden crashes Congress. Um, (laughs) How does the title, the heading here? uh, Hunter Biden's crashing of Congress cracked reality are making his family look like a circus. So... It took a lot of brass for Hunter Biden to crash the House Oversight Committee hearing. They mean brass balls. Uh, convened to hold him in contempt. So this was a meeting that he wasn't invited to because he should have showed up a couple of weeks ago. They were meeting to whether or not hold him in contempt. And he showed up and was like, what? I'm here. What? Um, you know, from the, the congressional subpoena. A crime which carries a punishment as much of a year and a $100,000 fine. But if you think of pol- politics as tawdry reality show, the spectacle made perfect sense for the narcissistic story um, of the first son's drama-filled life in which his quote-unquote sugar brother, Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris, has a documentary crew trailing him all over the country. In his narrative... Hunter's ambush appearance in front of the Congress uh, tormentors Wednesday was a cinematic uh, climax of defiant bravado in which the Anthero owned the GOP. You could tell from Morse's delighted smile that all was according, going according to plan as Republican committee members such as Nancy, Nancy Mace played their part, hyperventilating about Hunter's lack of balls and its white privilege. Democratic ranch standers like Jamie Raskin and Dan Goldman laid, uh, ladled out rich globs of hypocrisy, while Chairman James Comer nervously uh, swindled a bottle of water and called for order in the vain hope that the whole show would not collapse into a high farce. As theater, it was edge of the seat gold. Legally, well, Abel, a- Abby Lowell 
Hunter's high-priced attorney, went on with the stunt, so he must have thought it was worth the risk, despite the furrowed brow. Um, after hearing Hunter was never going to testify to Congress, whatever he pretended about the public hearing. He would have pleaded the Fifth Amendment to avoid incriminating himself in felony trials he is facing. After his sweetheart plea deal with prosecutors collapsed in July under the weight of the IRS whistleblower testimony, alleging corrupt favoritism in a five-year criminal investigation in Delaware into his business activities run by U.S. Attorney David Weiss, Hunter is facing felony charges of tax fraud and gun violation. He is due in court Thursday in California on nine federal tax uh, charges. His lawyers know he can't afford to testify under oath in Congress for hours on end. If Comer had called his bluff, Lowell would have had conniptions. Now, here's, here's the deal. Now, first off, I'm going to play this clip from, once again, Jimmy Kimmel makes uh makes a rare appearance so uh let's see what jimmy kimmel has to say thanksgiving message from i don't know if you saw this from of all people marjorie taylor green the other night i mentioned that marge has taken a break from burning books to write one and (laughs) i guess she's a viewer because she reached out on twitter she wrote hey jimmy kimmel since most of your show content is your non-stop lies about me why don't you have me on your show i'll bring you a copy of my book and we can chat about what needs to happen to save America. I guess, I, I guess I'm a Hollywood libtard that's part of the celebrity <laughs> pedophile Satan club until she has a book to promote. Then I'd love to swing by. <laughs> this woman, I, I want to remind you something. This woman called the police on me for a joke, and now she wants to be a guest on the show. Well, I have to admit, part of me wants to invite her here so I can... Let her wait for an hour down in the green room doing power squats and then bumper. And then he also had this to say. Congress would be complete without a Karen moment from the hypocrite Marjorie Taylor Greene. Clan mom started shouting at the president's son. So he's like, you know what? I'm getting up and I'm leaving, which she took as a very sexist offense. I think it's clear. So before I play this real quick, now he made it sound like she's talking to Hunter directly and he got up and left obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. She's so woke. You know what? A... So oh, let me Don't finish. Like <laughs> the woman who showed the world naked pictures of. So here's the thing. So Comer calls on MTG, says, you know, the lady woman from Georgia, blah, 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 whatever. Marjorie Taylor Greene. As soon as he says that, Hunter gets up and leaves. He walks right the fuck out. Okay, so she never even, what you heard her say was after he had already left. He was already gone. So it's not like she was saying whatever she said to him. As soon as she was called on, by Comer, he got up and walked out the door. That, what you heard, was what she said about him after he walked out because he didn't want to face my questions. Now, here's my question about that. If you, me, your neighbor, your uncle, your brother, were called in front of Congress or court. Let me let me put it this way. Why don't you, next time you get some kind of a situation where you have to appear in front of a judge, where it's a speeding ticket or a murder, whatever, 
<laughs> why don't you do this next time when the the uh, the opposing attorney goes to question you about something you just get up and walk out of the courthouse i want you to do that for me and then i would love for you to contact me via twitter you know, DTOM underscore 1775 or on the uh, website, com. I would love to hear what happened to you when you did that. Because, I don't know, I've never been in that situation to even think about attempting that. But I would think it would go something like you being arrested immediately. <laughs> but no, when you're Hunter Biden, you could just stand up and say, fuck you and walk right the fuck out with your camera crew in tow. That is the hypocrisy of this country. Now, when Trump's kids were called in front of Congress for whatever bullshit reasons, they showed up, they talked about whatever had to be talked about, and listened to the questions and answered and did whatever they were supposed to do. They didn't get up and run out the door when, you know, whoever was asking them some bullshit stupid question. But when you're Hunter Biden, that's fine. And it's not fine. Because if you or I did that, we'd be in jail right now. All right, so here is the story from Mr. Eric. He hails from the country of Spain. He's been listening to the show for a while. And um, he sends me this article. This is out of The Independent. And uh, it reads like this. Here's the title. European country brings back mandatory face masks in hospitals as COVID spikes again. Face masks will become uh, mandatory in hospitals and healthcare centers in Spain this week following a surge of respiratory illness. Spain's minority coalition government imposed the measures despite opposition from Spain's, or from most of Spain's 17 autonomous regions who argued the measures should be recommended but not obligatory. Obligatory. The move comes after hospitals have faced pressures following the spike cases of the flu, COVID-19, and other respiratory illnesses throughout this, the country. So, Spain's one country, you know, some of you guys might live there, a lot of us don't. Um, but it's not like, this is the beginning. This is how it starts. You're going to see a spike. I don't know what their cases are, didn't give me numbers. But whatever they are, they are. They'll say, oh, uh, we have 100,000 cases. And we made everyone wear a mask, and now it's 20,000 cases. Yay, masks. And then England and France and everyone else in Europe is going to see this, and they're like, yeah, we need to do the same thing. And then dipshit Poopy Pants McGee over here is going to be like, we need to do the same thing. you know. And that's how it's going to start. The question is, is how is it going to finish? Because it's January. And uh, about 10 months, a little less, we vote. Will Biden campaign from his basement again? No, oh, I have COVID. I might die. Oh, we can only be so. And <laughs> I'm just telling you, I don't know the rules and the regulations and the stipulations and how things work in Spain. Um, and I'm sure. Like most countries, it's, well, what is it, what was it, uh, 17 autonomous regions, so that should be, like, essentially, like, states. Um, I would be curious 
how their government works if most of Spain's 17 autonomous regions said it shouldn't be mandatory? Do they have the, the I don't know the word I'm looking for, legitimacy or, or, or power or whatever to say, I know the 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 I don't know is it king or president or whatever Spain wants us to do this but you know kind of fuck that so we're just going to do it as you wish you know like in in America Biden can say mass mandates but he can't mandate them period he can mandate them in federal buildings or on airplanes or buses or whatever but he can't just say everywhere you go you must wear a mask that's up to the states and even then it's not really up to the states <laughs> You know, it's up to you. You're a fucking human being and you have your own sovereignty and they can all go fuck themselves because we've been told since then that masks don't really work. Essentially, from what I've gathered, the best thing you can do to not get sick, period, whether it's COVID or the flu or whatever else, is keep your ass clean. Keep your hands clean. Don't touch your fucking face. Like if you're out in public and you're at the grocery store or wherever and you're touching the shopping cart or, or you're, you're grocery shopping, you're just buying shit, whatever. You're touching boxes, you're touching, touching cans, whatever. Don't touch your face. If, if there's a flu, if there's something going around, um, keep your hands clean. Now, I'm not saying carry hand sanitizer around and squirt your hands every two minutes because we've come to find out that that doesn't help you either. In the long run, it hurts you more than it helps you. But, you know, if you're at the grocery store, I would say most of those have bathrooms. Uh, you know, maybe you get done shopping before you leave. Maybe walk into the bathroom and wash your hands before you get in your car. When you get home, you unpack. You know, Maybe wash your hands again. Keep your hands clean. Keep them out of your mouth. Keep them out of your nose. Keep them out of your face. And you should be fine. Now, mind you, I'm not a doctor. And uh, I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night, though. So there is that. We do have that going for us. But I'm serious. Um, just just keep yourself clean. And you shouldn't have to wear a mask. Because what do you think this white lung thing is? I did a show on this a little while back about the white lung. It's from wearing the fucking masks. So tell them to go fuck themselves. Period. All right. So in closing, I ha I haven't done this in a little bit. So... Um, I'm going to play this real quick and then I have something to say on the backside if I could get my cursor to fall into the right place. Get off my lawn, damn kids! <laughs> right. So, you know what that means. It's time for Don to bitch and complain about something. And I need to address the podcast arena. So, I... I listen to podcasts, much like you guys listen to podcasts. Well, Don, you you do a podcast, right? But everyone that does a podcast, chances are they listen to a podcast, okay? Now, I was listening to a podcast today, and I'm not going to say who it was, but it is someone that I uh, have some sort of a connection with, a, you know, some sort of a somewhat of a friend. I don't know if we want to say friendship, but acquaintance, I guess is a good word. And um, these are people that do shows that are bigger than mine. 
Um, I'm not talking about like Joe Rogan or numbers like that. I'm not talking the higher echelon of, po- of podcasting, but they're mid-level to or, or up from there. I'm not. I don't want to disparage whoever. But um, obviously, their podcast is bigger than mine. They might do a radio show. They might do these other things, and that's fine. And the reason I'm kind of pissed off is this. If whenever I do my podcast, if I reference another podcast, if I reference a subject, let's say, from another podcast, I might say, oh, I was listening to uh Dan Bongino and he talked about blah 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 so and I and I might piggyback off of that well you know he said this but it's kind of more like that you know or uh Tim Pool said this but it's kind of more like that or Charlie Robinson said this but it's kind of more like that or uh Sam Tripoli said this but I'm kind of agreeing with that but I kind of like it this way a little bit different because you know if you take this and add that you know blah 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 whatever but I don't just sit there and come up with all these grandioso ideas by myself and then don't give anyone credit now mind you Who's listening to my show versus who's listening to their shows? I get it. Now, we're having a pretty good start to the year. We had a pretty good, I talked about it, we had a good last year. Better than the year before, and that year was better than the year before. That's how podcasts are. You grow. It's nothing instant. It doesn't happen overnight, especially when you don't have a name. I mean, I have a name. It's non cute, but you know what I'm saying. What pisses me off is these mid to upper mid level podcast and I'm not dissing on them because they're bigger than me and I would love to be in their position because these are people that do podcast that don't need a job I mean that's their job a lot of them live off of the what they're making off their podcast or sponsors or whatever and I would love to be in that position my goal okay now the thing that pisses me off about all this is all of these people and there's a chunk of them that do a show together. And I think the show's like once a week or once every other week, whenever it is. And one of the things they talk about is having voices like ours, like-minded voices coming together. And the more of us that there are, the better off we are, our movement and the things we talk about. And it's good for society because they can't cancel all of us. Okay? And I agree with that. But the problem is, is they can't cancel all of us but you won't give the smaller fry a little ketchup and what i mean by that is this me coming on to someone's show what does that do for you nothing i get it who am i me going on someone else's show whoever show that is is only going to help me okay because there's a good chance that most of you guys that listen to my show listen to maybe one or two or ten of these other shows so me going on their show isn't going to help them out they're not going to see a don q bump they're not going to see the d tom bump but it's going to help me out which by helping me out helps the movement out but for some reason it doesn't seem like these guys can get it now mind you i'm just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast who the fuck am i but i would also ask the question who the fuck are they because when these guys started their podcast three, four, five, ten, however many years ago, they who the fuck were they? They didn't come in with a name for the most part. Most of the people that came in with a name, for like for example, Joe Rogan, he didn't need much of anything. He's Joe fucking Rogan. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of these other, lot of other people that weren't 
on TV, didn't have a show on Fox or NBC or whatever, and started, and I'll even reference Dan Bongino, for example, for example, he, who was he? He started his podcast. He was nothing. He built himself up into what he is. I have respect and I have respect for all of them that do that. My problem is this, and I'm not going to talk about Bongino and I'm not going to talk about Rogan and these, these are big names, but the mid-level guys, and you know who you are. If you're listening to the show, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say names because I know you know who I'm talking about. If you're going to cover a subject about a show that you just did, about something that I just talked about a few days prior, that, mind you, so far has been my biggest show this year. Granted, we're only 11 days into the year, but it's got... A pretty good chunk of downloads. For me, it's a good thing. You know what they say, 20, 30, 40 downloads within your first week, you're doing pretty good. That show got over 400 downloads. Okay? That was my my Americans' uh, revolutionary, uh, the Revolutionary Civil War. Okay? If you haven't listened to it, check it out. And if you're going to do a show and reference some of the things I talked about, you know, Maybe throw me a bone. Now, I'm not saying I'm the pure genius and I come up with every word that's in the book. But, you know, (laughs) come on. I'm not asking for much. I'm really not. I just want to be where you guys are. Y'all's words. (laughs) The more of our voices that are out there, the better off the movement is. Well, I'm one of your voices. (laughs) Help a brother out. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking you to... To, uh, to pay for anything. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just help me out. And, I, and I'm going to call on you guys, the listeners that do listen to the show, and actually like it and get in contact with me and talk to me. Uh, you guys, too. Maybe send some emails out to some of these other shows that you listen to. If it's a like-minded show, why wouldn't I fit in? I can be nice, kind of, maybe. Probably not, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's all I got to say. Um, I, I, you, I, let me put it this way, and I'm going to try and relate this to just the average everyday person and whatever you do for a hobby, whatever your hobby is. Okay. And this is a hobby for me. Now, mind you, I've loved to make most people that have a hobby, whatever your hobby is, would love to be able to take that hobby and make money from it. Right. Especially if you can make a living from it. Um, this is my hobby. Okay, you might do woodworking, you might do car stuff, you might do car restorations, you might do detailing, you might do, you know, you know what I'm saying? Everyone has a hobby unique to them. And if you could make money from that, you would. And, and, and you might do a really good job at what you're doing, but you haven't been noticed for that good job. In the meantime, you see someone else doing a decent job. Maybe it's not up to your standards. But for whatever reason, they just happen to hit it and they're making a nice chunk of money because of it. You're going to feel some sort of way. You're going to feel a little jealousy. But if it's something that you taught them how to do or you gave them the idea for and then they took it and ran with it and didn't give you any credit for it. Oh, I learned this from Billy Bob. He showed me how to do this. You're going to feel some sort of way. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like... I bring pretty good shows to the table, but who am I? So I guess in closing, what I'm, what I'm going to say is this. You're listening to this show. 
if there's stuff, maybe not in this episode, but on episodes in the past that I've talked about, and then maybe a few days or a week later, you hear it on another podcast, maybe reach out to that podcast and say, hey, give my boy some credit. And I know this probably isn't going to go over well, and it might piss some people off, but you know what? Oh, well. Because, once again, like I said, this is a hobby, and I can shut it off. Well, it's maybe not that easily, but um, nonetheless. Anyway. Guys, if you would please do me the favor, make sure you're following the show. Please make sure you share the show. If you're on Apple or Spotify, if you could please give me a review, that would be great. It helps me out. And if you want to help me out monetarily, check out the DTOM store. The link is at the bottom of the podcast app in which you're listening to this on. And also, you can follow us on social media at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker. And on Twitter, X Machine there at DTOM underscore 1775. And uh, you can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From all those situations, you can contact me directly. You can send an email. Uh, you can send me a story. Um, you can go to the DTOM store. <laughs> and I think that is all. With that being said, guys, it is Thursday, January 11, 2024. I will be back on Sunday. I am putting together a pretty decent show. Um, and it's going to be a subject that nobody's really talking about. Not yet, anyway. Not until I do the show, and then someone will talk about it. But, you know, that's how it is. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a fantastic day, and I will talk to you again on Sunday.